squeaky. Good morning, good afternoon. You are. Yeah, it's my You are back. a squeaker. You're a bit of a squeaker. Mine's all new and lovely, and I've got some new wheels on my chair. I've got new wheels on my chair. Do you reckon that chair manufacturers are now realising that their warranties might bite them in the backside? Because a lot of these domestic chairs that people are buying for the home offices are failing because people are sat on them, you know, eight, ten hours a day. Um, I'm on my third chair in three years, I believe. Um, and I'm not suggesting that I'm overweight at all, but... You know, the warranty is the warranty. And, you know, that because you're on them for so long each day, I'll be... Anyway, interesting question. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm it's actually... a very important question. It's, it a, it's a matter of, um, what do they call it? Sort of like hygiene standards in an organisation. You know, I, I, in my, this chair, uh, here's a dilemma. Here's a, here's a values dilemma. Mm. I had to wait for this chair uh, for a, in a, an extraordinary length of time. It's like two months. Um, because of various cock-ups and delays at their end, and um, I, I gave, I, I was ready to give up in the end. And anyway, it arrived um, two months late, and I'd sort of given up on the whole damn thing, to be honest. And it's, it's quite smart. It's quite a lovely leather, leather thing. And anyway, I got a note from the supplier to say that um, they were sending me a full refund um and that that sorry that the chair um didn't arrive when it had oh now what do you do you see my i always have this tendency to go right well i better let them know that the chair's arrived and that's what my starting point is then i speak to my wife who says are you some sort of ridiculous plonker <laughs> um you've got a free chair Sounds like sounds like their their infrastructure is not up to standards at all, does it? Well, well, I tell you what though, um, there is a small nodule uh, appearing uh, on the right side of the seat that is it is gradually entering my right buttock as we speak. Okay. <laughs> and I maybe these are built in non-consensual um, nodule. I should 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 just yeah, it's completely non-consensual, right. and um, it's a non-consensual nodule appearing in my right buttock as we speak. And if I sit in this chair for too long, uh, I think it will actually um, create a, 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 an actual hole in my bum. Oh dear! Well, listeners, um, you know, thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the the, the Global Leadership Podcast. Um, well, I, you did tell me this would be a Global Leadership Podcast, so these are global leadership issues. They are. A, a nodule in your buttock is is definitely a challenge. Um, anyway, I'm Anthony Price. And I'm Jonathan Bradley. <laughs> and don't worry, we're not going to be talking about inserting nodules in our buttocks for the next hour. We do actually have a few things. Oh, do we? Uh, <laughs> Oh, don't we? I, I thought, no, well, I, actually, but we have been a little bit frantic this week uh, with lots and lots of things going on. So it is going to be a little bit of a roller coaster, I suspect. When is it not? When is it not? That's the question. Well, in, indeed. We have listener questions. So if you have a listener question, oh, you can always send them Lovely. in for those of you that I are... I love those. Yes. Yeah, so anyone tuning in for the first time, you can email them through to globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. We're going to have a new email address as of next week. The old one will still work, but the new one will be a bit more easy. Um, and um, in addition, you can find us on social media pages. You can follow us. And of course, um, if you're listening for the first time, don't forget there is, I believe now, I think we're nearly at 50 episodes. Let me quickly check, JB. I think we're nearly at 50 episodes, which is jolly exciting. Um, podcasts. We are on episode 46 as of last week. So we need to do some sort of celebratory 50th anniversary um, episode. Well, um, so yeah, 60, 60 coming up any minute now. So are we allowed to forward tease the fact that we're going to have a, um, a, a an audience, a guest in our audience in the next few weeks? What can oh, you yes. Say? No, it's all it's all signed up. So um, we, as many of the listeners who, who've been listening to our podcast from the beginning will know that last year uh, I spent quite a lot of time writing a book with a couple of other characters who I've worked with in the past. One is William Rogers. And uh, he uh, was the CEO of UKRD Group, uh, which is a radio uh, company. And we worked together and uh, William took his company uh, to be best 
company to work for, Sunday Times best company to work for, four years in a row, three years as best leader, the Sunday Times best leader. He's an extraordinary man. And he and a chap called Dave, uh, Dave Cool, uh, who's kind of operations guy, he's now managing director of a company called Stage Electrics. We just got together and wrote a book. Uh, and we thought, well, we're not going back to normal anytime soon. We're not, we're not really believing that every time we get to a new normal, it's going to stay that long. So we thought, well, what have we got? We've got a no normal world. And it's best to be prepared for the no normal world in lots of different ways that we're all thinking we need to focus on. Yeah. So anyway, our book is about an octopus. That's what we thought is the solution to this problem is an octopus. And there you have it. We, we've, um, you and I have, have battered octopi around. Is that the right plural? I think it is. Uh, in in many many moons ago, and I know that you've always talked about um, um, if the organisation's an octopus or, or the people are tentacles of that octopus, and the head is the the CEO, and the legs are each of the reporting members of that executive committee. Um, there needs to be balance of control, otherwise you're pulling into different directions. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, so this is in a couple of weeks' time. I think we'll make sure we promote it effectively enough once we've got the dates locked in. I think I'm. Do I owe you a link for that, or is that not? Done? Is that, I can't remember. Anyway, you do. You do owe me a link for that. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, it is the no normal leader. Uh, it is now uh, available for pre-order on Amazon, and I'm only saying that only because I get quite excited going onto Amazon and just looking at it there. Uh, this book is there. It's it's ready to pre-order. Um, and uh, it's actually going to be launched on the 26th of March. So this is an exclusive, actually, because mm. I haven't mentioned this in any of the other areas um, that we work in. So at the 26th of March, the No Normal Leader is available uh, in... Um, on Amazon and various other places. Will Richard and Judy have it as part of their book club? I think they should. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. They'll certainly get a copy. Whether whether they do anything with it, I don't know. Well, let's let's hope they do. Um, I'm looking forward to my signed copy. You know, it, you will get yeah. a signed copy. The last probably time, from all three of us. Yeah, the last time I had a signed um, a letter from William was when he fired me. So um, yeah, that's nice to have his signature on, on happier terms. I'm kidding. He did. He didn't. No, he, no, no, he didn't sign the letter. He just refused to. Just get out. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, so this week we are going to kick around a couple of different topics. Um, as JB mentioned, we've been pretty flat out. And I think actually, ironically, as we go through today's episode, there'll inevitably be um, our experiences of the last seven days that may even shape our conversation. Um, but there's a couple of things um, in the UK and world media um, has been a rather tumultuous week um, in the world. Um, and I think on many different topics have come up, diversity and inclusion being a huge one um, around um, Meghan Markle's interview uh, in the UK. Um, a quite well-known broadcaster um, has left his post um, following comments around mental health. And, and I guess as I was building up to this week's episode, if I'm honest, I'm reluctant to get into the discussion as to who was right um, and wrong in the Meghan and royal family, or Meghan and Harry and royal family discussion. Um, and the irony thing is, is that I think that me and JB have a responsibility of leaders of this podcast to not necessarily give opinion on subjects that are quite divisive. We need, you know, I think the rule of a leader is to unite. And my question as I prepared for this podcast that I, me and JB I wanted to kick about is, how much responsibility did the leaders have in these situations to be careful around their opinions because it may diversify from either the engagement of your people or it may have a material impact to people wanting to stay in your business that can have harm of that on that organisation. So, you know, Piers Morgan is this guy. Feel free to Google him for the international listeners. Um, he's resigned. Um, I'm pretty sure he was probably walking before he was pushed, if I'm quite honest, because he did say some pretty... Um, I think pretty bold things. Bold is what I'm going to do to remain again impartial here. Um, and when I heard him say it, I thought, you, my friend, are, are very close to the line, if not over the line. And I, you know, regardless of whether I agree or disagree with him, um, you, you're in dangerous territory. And 
I think a few months ago, me and JB also talked in an episode about how do you keep your political opinions out of work. Um, we had a guy called Ian Dale on our podcast. And for those of you that don't know him, he's a quite a, a well-known broadcaster in the UK. It was great for us to get, uh, I think we ended up having an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes mm. with him. It was, a, it was a great episode. And he's written a book, um, which is all around why can't we all just get along? Um <laughs> And he runs a weekly podcast. He's probably what I classify as right of centre, a conservative. And actually, I think he campaigned for Brexit. He runs a weekly podcast with a, an, an ex-Labour Party um, minister, um, Jackie Smith, who was Home Secretary, which is basically your your Homeland Security US equivalent um, in the UK. And of course, they're completely different sex sides of the Brexit debate. They're completely different sides of the um the right and left of center you could say i wouldn't say either of them are extreme but they have this knack of getting on and i think for me me and jb in that episode talked with ian about if you lead a business how do you make sure that you live by that mantra and it was some really interesting discussion points but this week again i've seen examples of hatred on both sides of the argument with the opposite side of the argument you know i've seen some pretty discriminatory stuff said about white people from black people and vice versa based on the argument. But of course, um, the BLM movement absolutely has a right to make its voice heard given what they're trying to campaign for. Um, But I think in the workplace, we have to dance around these subjects very carefully. Number one, not to put ourselves in a unsustainable, untenable position And equally, we have a responsibility to our organisation and our people to be a bit BBC. And my final comment before I've been quiet, because I know that JB's been furiously making some notes in the background as he's probably reflecting on some responses to my comments. Um, The BBC are quite famous for being careful on not having an opinion on much. And it's hilarious because you'll read two articles and you'll see the person that disagrees with that opinion because it's so impartial that they are clearly right wing by having that opinion or the BBC. So right, right wing, so conservative bias. And then the very next article, you'll see them being branded as completely socialist. <laughs> so it kind of demonstrates they're doing the right thing because they are being very careful not to have an opinion. And of all the news outlets I tend to go to first is BBC because they have this editorial guidance, which pretty much says, I ain't going to tell you what I think but I'm going to challenge it from both sides. And then my final comment, love or hate Andrew Neil, who is another broadcaster I'd recommend that that listeners Google or search up on their search engine of choice. He was was quite respected. Him and Ian Dale, for me, are two of the big titans of British broadcasting. And I'm disappointed Ian Dale hasn't got more notoriety based on actually political figures of all sides will go and have an interview with Ian Dale. But equally, political people of all sides of the spectrum shit themselves to the point that our now serving prime minister refused to be interviewed by him um didn't he in the end i don't think he ever did go for his yeah, interview yeah. did he because they know that he is he is meticulous in his planning and he doesn't go for the gotcha but he knows the questions and knows how to really dig at them so the bbc are very good at not uh, being impartial now of course Piers Morgan ironically now might end up working for Andrew Neil because Andrew Neil now works for a pretty opinionated launch broadcaster um in any case where am I going with this my thinking is for this episode is as leaders how on earth do we be more BBC how do we unite our people when possibly the opinion of our employees is becoming increasingly divided and wavering I've seen people a week ago that were very angry at Meghan Merkel, 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 that's Angela, isn't it? Um, And then they've watched the interview and then said, well, either she's a bloody good actress, actor, or actually I have to say that she's got some valid points in what she said. And, and I think again, another episode, I think we, if we were to dissect, which we never will, by the way, (laughs) I don't think. Um, So there's the thinking, JB. Um, Well, yeah. It's it's really interesting this this whole area, um, and my wife received a uh, WhatsApp uh, message this morning. She's on a WhatsApp group, and that's quite an interesting uh, thing when someone puts onto that WhatsApp group 
an image or a form of words that are unacceptable to you, but you're part of this group with loads of your mates on it this morning. And the image uh, was Prince Harry uh, dressed in a burqa. I've seen the other woman wearing a fancy dress uh, outfit with a swastika on the side as well. Yeah, yeah. and and it it was clearly a fake burqa put on him. Uh, You know, I don't think he... I don't think he does wear a burqa, as far as I know. But um, uh, it had a slogan with it, and it, it was it was not very nice. And so my wife was incensed by it, and uh, and and said, "What do I do with this?" And I said, "Leave the group. Leave the group. Just get out of there. You know, this isn't. You know, you don't you don't want to be." part of that sort of stuff so so leave the group so she did but what it makes me feel is that we are now in a world where there is a a huge um amount of communication and it's an open world open to abuse uh we receive these bits of communication on every platform that we that we have and David Badil, uh, who is a, a, a British... Jewish, um, isn't he? Jewish broadcaster. Yeah, comedian, um, writer. <laughs> I've never found him very funny, but he's quite... Witty. I don't find him funny at all, but uh, this, this is... He, he talked about the um, relationship breakdown um, on the Harry and Meghan side and the palace being on the other as a, as a sort of collision between the old rather sort of more closed world uh, where you close things down and, and shut it down to, to the new open world uh, of Oprah Winfrey and exposing feelings and thoughts and how things are. It, it is actually a perfect collision of these, these different worlds. Yeah. You know, when you think about the makeup of, a, of an organisation, I've got... Well, you know, we know from our experience of of going into organisations, you've got some people in there, you know, who've got fresh ideas and who are more open and are able to express um, feelings and opinions um, freely, but others uh, who aren't. I don't want to overgeneralise, but it might be uh, that the older generation... No, I agree with uh, that generational thing. Feel, ...feel less so inclined. Uh, I think the y- younger generation are, have been brought up on, uh, you know, things like texts and um, WhatsApp and a more open culture and a more open space to express themselves. Mm. And and I think for the older generation, um, I, I th- this is abhorrent to to go on a a show and this has been helpful for me to really kind of think about how i think about uh the you know the 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 issues that are that, that we're dealing with so if you take that into the workplace and you're the leader of that business what do you what do you do with these different closed and open uh, ways of dealing with emotions, feelings, communications, what's going on in the world, whether it's right or wrong to appear on the Oprah Winfrey show, mm. uh, whether it's right for a character like Piers Morgan to express um, what he expressed. And, you know, a lot of people think that the, what, how he was doing that was misogynistic and racist. Um, others will think fair play. Um, you know he's got a he's got a right to express his opinions, uh, and I actually agree with him. Or he's got a right to express his opinions, and I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I I think that that that, that um, is difficult. The other the other um, term that I've come across recently is a thing called um, false equivalence. And is, is, this, is this similar to whataboutery, as they called it? What is what aboutery? Well, you do your one first. What about what aboutery? So, what aboutery is? Um, uh, I'm justifying what I'm saying because you did something else. So it's basically ah. or, or deviating from you know. So, for example, if the Conservative Party were to say they were doing X, um, and they were being challenged by a journalist, they would then say, "But Labour are doing this." So it's sim- yes, yeah, sort of. 
Um, it's like getting a um, a neuroscientist on a on a platform to talk about uh, how the brain responds to certain bits of information and and data and what actually goes on in the brain um and then um getting an alternative opinion uh from a politician uh who is going to talk about what they know about science and the brain and how things work and so the bbc tries to get uh, proper equivalents but sometimes um and this is this is quite an interesting area when you take into account changes in the world and and how people want to get their point across when when you get a spokesperson uh who is a scientist talking about the science of covid and then you get a politician on talking about the science of covid that is what some would say is false equivalence because the politician is going to talk about it um, from a political uh, point of view and to get their points across to keep them in power. The scientist is going to talk about COVID and what's happening um, and what, we, what we've learned so far from, from a, an, a, a scientific standpoint. Very interesting. So there's that sort of false equivalence. So I have friends who have criticised the BBC for false equivalence. I see. So I've got friends who um, are furious with the BBC for being far too right in their approach. I've got other friends who think they're far too left. Yeah. I've got people who think um, that I'm an old lefty. I've got other people who think because of the way that I speak and the way that I behave... I'm inevitably going to be um, a, a a sort of right person on the right, and you're, more, more conservative in my approach. And your wife is a journalist, I think, for some writer of centre publications, but yeah. she's doesn't that doesn't reflect her political views in the slightest. No. So, so this is you know it is a it is a massively um, complex area. So I think you as a leader, you you've got a couple of decisions to make. Right. One is, do you um, shut it down? You know, do you do you absolutely just say we don't do uh, politics, and you you know I don't express my my um, my opinions on things like Megan. I just don't get involved with that. Or the alternative at the other end of the spectrum is to say we debate all of this stuff. Um, you know, we have robust discussion um, and, we, you know, we, we, we recognise that we all have different views and opinions. Um, we're not, we're not going to shut it down. We're going to open it up. We're going to have opportunities to discuss these things. Uh, and my opinion, if, you know, if I was um, a, a leader in that situation, um, I would I would make my, my myself clear about my view about Meghan Markle and and Harry and the Queen and everything else uh, or I would do the opposite and shut it all down and what, and yeah, what do you think and, and and this is where there's a there's there, there I do sense there is an increasing imbalance so um the people that felt they didn't have a voice before that now have that voice have the ability to I've been this cancel culture. And I think what that is doing is suppressing public opinion, which means they are themselves doing exactly what they accuse their non... It's, I think the woke, isn't it? The, the culture we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you've got this, this woke group who are now shutting down those people. So Piers Morgan, we know, uh, was quite popular because he divided opinion. Um, and I guess he's a bit of a Trump supporter as well, but now a Biden supporter. I think anyone in power he supports. But anyway, not going to get into the politics of him. But there was a lady called Katie Hopkins who's now been banned from social media, not dissimilar to Donald Trump. And um, 
these people have very popular opinions and you know even i will be guilty of admitting actually sometimes katie hopkins makes some good points but unfortunately the way she goes about it is bloody awful um and I think this comes back into this narrative around as a leader, how do we communicate objectively and fairly? Because now what's happening is there is an increased, the keyboard warrior generation are now, to your point, they have so much access to the ability to communicate by keyboard. And that's why there's a lot of these memes now coming out, these images with graphics on that say, you know, don't say what, um, don't type something you wouldn't be willing to say to someone's face. Um, you know, uh, and and there is currently, it's, there, I saw yesterday there is a petition in government at the moment um, for a debate to change the law, which requires all social media accounts to no longer have um, unidentified people. So they have to have a passport photo on their picture, and they and they have to prove their identity, and their name has to be matching. So you can't hide. I can't ever see it passing, unfortunately, because for for obvious reasons, especially with GDPR. But in any case, I think. The problem we have as a leader is we're going to have both. I, I hate to say it. I do think it's a 50-50. I do think there is a um, there is a growing um, generation of 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 um, people that are hypersensitive to anything that their older generation would have seen as acceptable and will call it out and attack those people when we all know that the majority of those people that have those opinions aren't necessarily unkind or unnice but because they've been silenced they are go growing increasingly now um it, we're, we're dancing around politics very carefully here aren't we i think um but <laughs> but as a as a leader we have to do this um i've been in situations i mean you and me have been we've we've toured the world together um which you know has been wonderful for us but the number of times i sat down in the country over the last three years and they go so brexit how are you guys doing with that and uh, and I know, I've seen and you and me have different positions on on Brexit, um, and uh, and I'm reticent. I kind of just I, I, as someone that was an employee of that organisation when you and me were doing this tour, I had to sit completely on the fence. You know, I respect the will of the British people, and that's what it is. We now move on with it. I'm not going to give whether I was in favour or against it. Um, and as a leader, I guess we have a responsibility in our organizations to be more bbc what do you think um well i i think my inclination you know when i look back uh to issues um that were really significant um i was not afraid to express my opinion and i think there is a there is a point here uh, the, uh, as you were speaking and really made me think about uh, a leader who is able to articulate their point well but be empathetic and understanding of other people's opinions um, I think that's quite important because I don't know about you but I am struggling a little bit with the uh, BBC um, taking the um, kind of auntie approach to the debate. Um, I, I think when there is so much polarity, I don't know that the BBC model uh, is, is necessarily um, the right thing for the BBC now. I, I think uh, opinions need to be aired. I think we have to have some pretty robust big conversations in order to uh, reconcile and in order to heal around some of the issues that have divided uh, the, the country. Um, I, I worry about the equivalence being right. I think that's a really hard thing to do to get that to be true and fair. Um, because, you know, there are examples of false equivalents around in the media right now, um, which are not are not helping. But my my inclination is for a leader to remain authentic. They must they must be able to a express an opinion, but they also must be able to give other people um, a very good hearing um, and to demonstrate understanding of that. I mean, this is a bit of a generalisation, slightly hypothetical, because we don't know what the issue is, but yeah. 
I, I think it's cultural. It is, it is necessary for the leader uh, to actually have opinions and to have views because these are the these are the collections of stories and responses that I think a good culture can say, well, I don't agree with my boss, but I, I like the way that he or she expressed their opinion and were open to listening to the, to the other side and, and trying to learn, trying to listen, trying to understand and and wherever possible, um, to to show change of of thinking as a result of conversations with I, people. I I agree. I actively go looking for the other side of the argument. Yeah. To question my own thinking. Um, but then, unfortunately, again, this is the British media's problem here: is you are surrounded by Piers Morgan, James O'Brien, who are angry and surround themselves by an echo chamber really and I know you're quite a fan of James I am a fan of James O'Brien when he's not talking about politics because actually I think he's a compassionate caring intelligent man but the way he treats people on his program I think because I don't agree with his opinions on most of his politics to be quite honest um I find it offensive, but I can't be offended because I'm not because he's kind of sitting on the, the 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 social side mm. of the argument, but the right side of centre is being increasingly shut down. And I'm curious if William on the episode when he comes in with you to do the episode about the book, you know, he has political opinion, and as a leader, how did he? ensure that and i imagine in a media organization you are going to have a real mixture of you know look at lbc is a british radio station speech-based radio station has ian dale on it that's right ferrari's quite a popular conservative i believe yeah um o'brien a fierce left regardless i think of whatever happens um and then you, i mean i listen to lbc and i turn off because of their anger towards the opposing view. And I'm, I'm conscious sometimes it's 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 a bit of a circus to create calls. But if I if they if we want to as a leader to your point give balanced view and think about how our opinions have been changed, I think broadcasters maybe need to learn from that as well and be more respectful, which is why I think Ian Dale is so good at what he does because People aren't scared of having a comment, and he will go. Do you know, yeah, and generally speaking, is very respectful. What, but you and I also know when we interviewed him, I think there is clearly an opinion he has of others in the radio station about how they treat people, um, and they go out to antagonise. And I think um, that's that's where people are getting, I think, very uncomfortable. By the way, there's a delivery driver just pulled up my drive, so you might need to pad for. 30 seconds because he's here to pick up some equipment pad for i never pad well okay that's very true you don't need to do you so um anyway i'll let you talk and i will uh, go and uh, talk to the man i i think it's it it's interesting bringing in um radio because obviously that's uh the background that, that we um come from and you know you, there is a necessity to be incredibly careful about uh, what you say to thousands of people, but actually for CEOs um, and leadership teams, it's not really that different. And I, I think it's it's really important to practice uh, being really articulate about your opinion and your views, because for me, it's not so much the opinion but it's how you came to that opinion and how you express that opinion and how you listen to other people's opinions. Because if you swerve it, if you, if you swerve the opportunity to communicate uh, your strong opinions, uh, as long as they are not immoral or unjust, unfair, then I don't know, you know, why you're in a leadership um, position anyway. Uh, but 
I think it's the it's the art of articulating a view and demonstrating to your people it's okay uh, in in an appropriate in an appropriate setting at an appropriate time uh, to express uh, your opinions. Sometimes, if asked, other times just don't. You don't need to. But you know, if you've got a town hall setting. Uh, or you know, there's a group of people having a staff meeting somewhere in a in a building or on Zoom, and the CEO says, "Ask me any questions you like. I'm really up for hearing your thoughts um, on on anything related to our business." Now, if someone then starts talking about Meghan Markle, is that relevant to the business or not? Some would say not. I would say it is. And the reason I would say it is, is because on the tip of the tongues of so many clients, of so many suppliers, of so many shareholders, of the outside community, the outside world, it is part of the agenda. It's like meeting a shareholder, a supplier, a customer, a member of the community in a bar, in a pub, and having a an opportunity to have a chat. What's the CEO going to do when the conversation moves to Meghan Markle? You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to shut it down or you, you can't because these are customers, suppliers, shareholders and members of esteemed community and so on. You don't shut the conversation down. Um, you don't attempt to. You, you actually um, demonstrate that it's okay for everybody uh, to have an opinion and come out the other side of the conversation alive and still respecting each other. You mentioned William. I, I, I have a very, very different um, political viewpoint um, to William. And, you know, we've had some, some fantastically robust conversations I can imagine. Uh, about certain people um, in power. And... You know, I, I I'm I respect the man more than you could possibly imagine. I I think he's a, a wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, I I don't agree uh, with many of his political <laughs> views, and no, he no doesn't mine. agree with mine. Uh, but we are we are friends, business colleagues. We've written a book together. Um, he is. I tell you what's what's what I think what's important and I don't want to keep going around the loop, but I, I think it's it's the way that you, it's what you articulate and how you articulate it. Whilst, and whilst you're doing that, uh, opening up the opportunity for others to, to speak and be heard by you. It's a real art, I think. So I wrote down before I went to go and speak to this delivery driver, competence oh, I banged on about a whole of old load Did of old you? nonsense just a pad and... nice nice it was lovely and for the listeners that don't know so obviously there's some in the audience of course you see our cameras but there are others that only listen so um, oh God, they, they, about them. yeah um <laughs> so competence around communication is what I wrote down and underlined several times yes. and, and I think uh, and communication is a, is a two-way thing and I think what JB has just for me brought to the to the front of my mind through his excellent um, 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 padding, or whatever you want to call it, it was a very valuable padding, uh, is that actually what often makes a great leader is their compassion and interest in other people's points of views and their willingness to listen and demonstrate that they're listening um, because they value other people's thinking. To JB's point, they don't necessarily agree with it, but they value their thinking. And therefore, I guess if we were to try and draw, start to draw some conclusions, because we do have a listener question, and I'm sure this was not the only topic we had on our list to talk about today. It's a good one, and I, I was it, hey, often these these random questions in a book for you and me to kick around uh, are, are good ones, aren't they? Um, I think that the lesson here as a leader is be comfortable with people's other opinions, um, and just be careful that how you communicate your thinking um, includes the importance of other people's points of view in your thinking. Um, and I think, I think as a leader, it is sometimes quite nice and inspiring to tell people that you 
really value other people's thoughts and mm. go in there saying it doesn't mean I want to change my mind but I you know I would love to you know I would love to and if the moment isn't right in a town hall setting you know I, I, I would be nervous if in a town hall today one of my team said so what do you think on the race issue around Meghan Markle I'd be like next question <laughs> um but um but equally in the right setting i would happily have that conversation i think the the, the other challenge we have these days especially in the virtual world jb mm. is meetings are recorded um yeah. and um we've all become broadcasters and we know what happens to broadcasters who don't say things that comply with rules and regulations that previously they would have said in a round table but with people having their phones recording things for fun now and then sharing on social media, um, meetings being recorded and then replayed and shared without com- permission of the people, uh, I think it 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 has suppressed um, comfort around communication um, for fear of reprisals, especially if you can edit it and make it look far worse than it is. Because, you know, one piece of opinion I read in the last few days is, in fact, actually, was from, and I read another piece of communication from a friend who is in a mixed race marriage, who is mixed race himself, said, We have conversations in our family all the time about the color of our babies because it's no different to my hair and eye color. Wonder if it's going to be more like your wife or you. Um, you know, and, and therefore, his point was context is everything. And yes. a, a little vox pop that's been reproduced around the world now, I think, is probably animated what may or may not be the case depending on what the investigations conclude in the royal family which we'll never find out the conclusions of probably um is whether there is racism in the royal family or not um but i think there is from a leader's perspective this anxiety about being clipped in a meeting and that replayed without the context and therefore having an opinion in virtual settings when you aren't aware of your entire audience being genuinely internal people I am always more nervous about even having one-to-ones with people if they're not wearing headphones because I know their speakers are on and that means people in the background can hear what I'm saying. And if my language is anything other than compliant and clean and I am quite colourful in my speaking in safe settings with people I know and respect and trust, if they happen to have a brother or a sister or a friend in the background that overhears something that is absolutely, you know, against all of their, their thinking, that presents risks. So I think... I agree with your point that as leaders, we need to be more comfortable with having an opinion, but demonstrating our compassion and interest in other people's opinions. I also think there are people out to hunt down people that have a viewpoint opposite to them to shut them down. And as a leader, um, the last thing I would want is to alienate someone in my team by partially listening to a point and then taking it to the nth degree to go out and destroy um, and as my company that I am a part of grows, I'm very aware that we're going to not always have the culture exactly. You know, I think at the moment we've got a very inclusive culture. Um, we've got a very open culture, a family. I think we're a quite a tight family unit. As that company grows, we're going to bring in people that may have completely different values and things to others in the business. And that will change the dynamic. And I am already starting to see some of my team um realizing that you know this business is growing quick quickly and therefore maybe i can't be as transparent on my thinking that i used to be because i don't know so i, I, I you get my point right it i mean hey who knew this topic I, do, would go totally. down this I, I i think the three the three test words which we we often use um are open honest fair you know i i i would always want to be open uh, I would always be honest and I want to be as fair as I possibly can be. And, you know, they're, they're good values to, to work with in a, in, a, in a setting. You know, I don't think it's fair, you know, to shut down that part of the conversation. No. I think it's fair to hear both sides of, of the story. I, I think that it's important for people to be honest so, I, I, and, and I think to, to be as open as we possibly can be in an organisation. So, so and again, I've, uh, I, uh, this is a, a, a tricky question. So I hope it comes. And by the way, wh- whilst you've been on on air recording, there's been a BBC breaking news 
alert saying that Prince William's done a, a short statement that, that says that in speech marks very much not a racist family and he's yet yeah. to speak to Harry since that thing so yeah um you know, the, 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 these things go on around us, and these are the leaders yeah. of our country. In you know, oh, but it, okay, um, depending on your 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 viewpoint of the importance of the royal family. Anyway, um, as my question is, as a leader, how do you manage an outspoken person who is not committing gross misconduct through racism, mm-hmm. or is incredibly woke? And is outraged by anyone that has an opinion that doesn't agree with theirs. Um, you know, how do we embrace their thinking without, but equally challenge their behaviour being unacceptable in the workplace? If we're encouraging an open culture where everyone's values are important. Well, I think so. You know, the the the, the key point is that they are outraged by other people's opinion. Um, that outrage is unacceptable. Uh, I I think that they should uh, be open to uh, listening to uh, the other opinions. If if someone has said something, or they are responding to something um, that is, you know, uh, blatantly, blatantly, transparently racist, homophobic, um, misogynistic. Uh, that they they as a leader that those facts are there you know if they are clear uh that those exist and this person is feeling outraged by it um i i think that we as a leader have to work out our own opinion on that matter i think we are looked at as barometers of fairness um, and and honesty and openness, we we have to be, and we have to call it out. If we personally believe that what um, has happened is a a racist, misogynistic um, slur on someone else, we have to be prepared to call it out in an organisation. We have to do that. No, I agree with that, but I think there is a, there are some now that will consider any other opinion other than again you see now the, 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 the there is a clique of people called the woke community and they are out to vilify anyone you know so let, let's look at another british political journalist owen jones and deludes himself in his viewpoint that anyone else is racist anyone that could vote for conservatives are racist which well, I'm a conservative voter. For, well, I was certainly in 2019 um, because I didn't feel I, I thought that the Labour government were too, you know, um, too risky to put in power. Um, and I think God help us had they've got into power. But hey, that's my opinion. But, you know, that there are people that are, are like him as a commentator who cannot have a balanced conversation with anybody. And their behaviour is as destructive as the racist people in that same organization but yet owen jones is given a platform and pierce morgan's platform is shut down and we have both of these types of people in our organizations um but piers morgan i don't think is racist please correct me if i'm wrong equally i probably do think that owen jones is probably a really decent human being in fact i've seen him in a non-political context and he's really nice i used to hate ed balls i love ed balls now he's a labor minister just think he's a really nice guy um and that's the problem i think that this also links into my final point which is around authentic and i'm a human before a political figure or i'm a human before a leader um and i and i often think that in the workplace leaders believe that they need to just display the competencies of a leader rather than just that you know the technical competencies of being a leader rather than me as a human um to quote david brent from the office you know i'm a comedian first boss second (laughs) i mean i mean is there any truth in that i'm not sure but you you you, 
anyway. Well, I think that's yeah. a that, I think that's a so I'm a human first and a leader second. Yes, you know, I, and I think sometimes if we try and do the BBC impartiality routine. I think that we can look more like a politician. And, well, you know, our people might think, oh, God, he's going to swerve it again. BBC... And I think B- there's a danger in that. Well, but I, I would say BBC, if they do have an opinion, will balance it out. So I, I like watching Newsnight because both sides get it. And actually, you can see a good Newsnight journalist, and there are a few of them, that will go and interview one person on the right and destroy them and then go and interview someone on the left and destroy them in equal measure because they will then play the, the, the devil's advocate and that, for me, is a sign of a really good broadcaster. But in the workplace, of course, we're not there to to destruct anyone's arguments. Um, it, but it's it's about um, uh, critical debate, I guess, is probably the thing. But in the workplace, when we have now an increasingly, you know, you look at the US and the split of vote there, and you know, Trump is already talking about campaigning to be re-elected in four years' time. God help us, and I'm willing to say that out loud. Um, uh, you know, and we've got the UK with Brexit still rumbling on, although it's been delightful actually having some really different news with the, you know, Brexit and, and COVID have been the, the rolling news and headlines. Now, and now Megan, Mag, Megan's yeah. taken taken the heat off COVID. Yes. COVID took the heat off Brexit. Yeah. And in fact, even today, up until that pr- pr- breaking news, I think I didn't see any royal coverage either. I think it was all unfortunate about this this poor lady in, in London that's um, oh, gosh, been abducted, yeah. um, which again is another discussion about power over um, and power with and you know there is some merit in that and there's a, so there's a big debate the, isn't there the reality that? is that when everyone you know goes to the office whether that's virtual or into an office I yeah. mean I guess you know quite a proportion of people over the next few months are going to go back into offices mm. um, they take their phones with them um, and they take Megan in they take Trump in uh, they take a Piers Morgan they take everybody into the office with them and you know, there are. I think there are a lot of lot of these things that are are whirring around in people's heads. Um, some pretty big ticket items. Um, you know, things like the environment, um, which you know, uh, personally, I I worry that there isn't enough attention given to uh, things like that uh, as a as a as an opinion, um, and I. I think people go to office, go to an office uh, with these things in their head. You, they don't just suddenly leave them at the door. No. Um, and, you know, then you'll have people um, texting each other, emailing each other, having conversations at work about these things. You can't, you can't stop it. Um, and I, I think, you know, it is more healthy to have an environment uh, where people are practised in in having conversations that may sometimes get a little bit heated and a little bit strong, and I think uh, you can see a healthy a healthy culture, a healthy organisation where where points can be expressed and people can get get heated and and pretty assertive about their points, um, but then you know when that's done. It's it's okay, you know. It's okay to do this, and and you know the 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 health of the organisation is fine if it can withstand these things. I'm more of that type of culture than a culture that that just needs to shut it down all the time. I'd, yeah. And I'd rather have people in that town hall, um, you know, asking me as a leader. You know what? What do I think um, about um, the the racism uh, involved in um, you know the the Buckingham Palace and Meghan and and Harry? I'd I'd rather take a question like that than actually not take <laughs> the it. company's underperformance in the previous quarter. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That would be great. Yes. No. Okay. Let's talk about Meghan for the next hour. Nice. Well, how is it possible that we filled up nearly a full hour on a relatively straightforward question? And I hope, um, listening, that you've got um, some thinking from this as a people leader. Um, I think uh, compassion, communication, listening, and and confidence that opinions are okay seems to be the the, the large takeaways. JB, would you say on this one? Well, I, I think so, uh, absolutely. And the nodule has, has now made its mark. Wow. 
Oh, should we finish with a listener question, which I'm quite excited about? Yes, please do. So this is from a, a, a lady called Abigail. Lovely and, name. Yes, I like that name. Um, in fact, I think I kissed a girl when I was 12 years old, when I was 12, and she was also 12, called Abigail, and, <laughs> and she was very pretty. Anyway, um, she was 12, I was 12. Me. Uh, my girl's oh, on good. at the cinema. I'm glad you added that yeah, just, just clarify a, there. I was yeah. just wondering what I, well, how to respond. Yes, childhood, childhood crush, yeah. Anyway, um, so it's not her, I don't think. Um, unless the okay. surname begins with a D, which it doesn't. So, um, in fact, I should look her up and see if she, you know, I'm married. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the question is, JB, yes. at the end of every podcast, when you say it's, I've been Anthony Price and you and I've been Jonathan Bradley, you uh, put a small little sentence on the end of it. Um, do you prepare for those? Or do you do them, do them off the cuff? Um, they are usually completely off the cuff. That was a listener question. They, I just thought it was a really good question. It's a um, it's a wonderful question. No, I I just um, just think about what's being said and um, try and be as entertaining as I possibly can, uh, which is often quite hard. But I th- yeah, that's um, a good question. Good question. No, it's a little little tinkering of of of, of nonsense at the end. Yeah, uh, it's quite funny because I've I've um, I've been on the. I think you've started to do them more in the last kind of six months than previous. Um, uh, but yeah, it's um, it's definitely um, when I saw the question in the inbox, I thought well, that's quite funny, uh, and it's nice to know that people are listening and thinking, have you pre- has he prepared that? Because every every week, and I just stop there. It's nice to know people are listening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, if you want to be in the audience um, for these webinars, sorry, these podcast lives, we do it in a webinar format. Um, and I, as the audience today have been quite quiet, you can be part of the audience and you can submit questions to us for discussion. Fortunately, I think this topic has been so interesting. Our live audience have been very quiet on the questions today, um, but you have two minutes if you want to quickly get one in now. In the meantime, a few things from us. If you want to look up the podcast, there are nearly 50 episodes to look back on. And up until episode 30, we tended to have a theme each week, a bit like today, actually. Um, But more recently, it's been very much navigated by situations that we experience or is going on in the news. And we then put a leadership spin on it. So there's loads of episodes. Um, Do have a look. Um, Just search Seedle and then leadership um, and you'll find it um, because searching global leadership podcast, we always came second or third, but look for uh, Seedle leadership and you'll find it there. Um, In addition, if you want to sign up to be in the audience, you can do it. It's free. Um, you need a free account from Seedle.com. Go to Seedle.com, sign up for the Lights account, and every week for the rest of your life, you can be in the live audience um, and you can ask questions of me and JB to discuss in the leadership forum. Um, of course, if you're listening to this from the downloads of your podcast provider, please do leave us a review if you like us or tell us we're shit by emailing us. Submit your questions to globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. Um, And finally, um, please do look forward to the showbiz interview. Let me put some echo on it for the listeners. The book interview with William and JB is in two weeks time. Two weeks today, in fact, isn't it? It is. It's going to be very exciting. I I bet you're you're already planning the questions that you want to ask, Ant. I'm going full Andrew Neil. Um, and oh crikey! Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna You're be- going to expose the political differences between the, the the three people involved in writing this book. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to read the book in advance of the interview. So I think it's going to be more of a curiosity about why I should read it. But I'm excited because in with this deal, I'm getting a signed copy, which I'm going to frame. And when when William and JB are running the country in the future due to the success of their book, um, I want to be their 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 minion. So great. Any plans Lovely. for the coming few days, Mr. Bradley? Um, more, more destruction, um, more pulling down of ceilings, and uh, firming up all the bits and bobs with interviews. Obviously, we've, we're going international, being interviewed by uh, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking to her about our book and how we came to um, settle our differences and write a book together. Um, I, I've got content, 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 content. I'm writing so much content. I've got about 50 bits of content to write. Um, which I do actually quite love. I love writing content in my shed. I really, really enjoy just going off and getting cerebral in my shed. It's one of my favourite things. Um, I've got a kitchen, 
in my sitting room uh, waiting to be put into my kitchen. That makes sense. It does. I remember, wasn't it in last week's episode when it was being delivered? No, it was on one of our, our live webinars we were doing. Oh, uh, so, yeah. well, so the kitchen, the, ladies and gentlemen, the kitchen has arrived. Ooh. And uh, it is very, very exciting. And uh, somehow I've got to get the kitchen, the new kitchen, down the tiny little stairs to the um, old kitchen area, take the old kitchen out, pull the ceiling down, rewire, replumb, lay a floor, um, and manage my wife's nerves, my border terrier's nerves, all the way through, and uh, my stepson who just comes down and says, is there any food? Uh, so somehow, uh, over the next week, all of these things will be... I'll, I'll tell you how I got on next week with all of this chaos in my life that sounds exciting um i'm i'm excited because i went to jb's house i hate to say it, i think it's four years ago ah <gasps> good god i think it was four. i think it was 2017 because the general election was being redone wasn't it and your mp was under investigation for expenses fraud and we bumped into him in the restaurant that we went to yeah i didn't speak to him though um so i think that was that was 2017 and we're now 20 it's crazy where these years are going what's happened to the last 12 months eh um yeah so yeah but anyway i saw jb's kitchen and i know i know what he's on about it's a very small staircase getting down to his lower ground floor because he's in a four-story townhouse um anyone that's ever seen the original 101 dalmatians i imagine that um <laughs> his house resembles the 101 dalmatians house uh yeah it is a bit mary poppins ish it is uh, or, or even oliver um, what, but, in, so anyway, and yeah, go on. what about you though? Because it's not all about me, thank God. Um, I need to go and buy a car. Oh, another one! You've got a whole fleet now. I've only well, we've only got one car in the household, and oh. I gave away my my car as a company car to someone else in the company. Um, um, and that that was based on 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 advice as well by um our accountants. So um, I'm now carless. So I'm. Going to do one of two things, JB. That's very carless of you not to have a car. It, and, it, and I got unstuck because I had to go and meet an investor the other day. We went for a walk um, to talk about the business and investment, etc. And um, I'd forgotten I didn't have a car anymore. <laughs> so I went to leave the house <laughs> and my wife had her car <laughs> at work. And I was like, oh, shit. You didn't swear today. I've, swore, I've done two S-bombs today. You've been swear-free for the first You've ever time. The swear-free episode from Jonathan Bradley. Um, yeah, so I had to ring my sister-in-law saying, because she's in our bubble, can I borrow your car, please? Because I've just realised I've got no car to go and meet this investor, um, which was very amusing. So it was the first time, because we've been... I think most, if you look at average mileage over the last 12 months for most people, I think it's going to be the lowest ever. And yeah. therefore we've not, and I ended up flogging my old car because it was just losing, a, it was 800 a month I was losing in depreciation for it to be sat on the drive, plus the outgoings of running the car itself. So I got rid of it. And so there's a temptation, JB, to either go and buy a midlife crisis kind of old car, so like a modern classic. Well, I'm Aston Martin DB5. Oh, no, no, no. I've got five grand. To get. So either I go and buy something five grand no. um, just to see me through. So maybe, you know, a, an old Golf GTI or something. Um, you know, get a 10-year-old one of those. Or um, do I end up going and getting a seven-seater again now because we've got too many children to worry about and then and then push my outgoings up slightly? That's the debate we're having this weekend in the Price household, Mr. Bradley. Um, oh, my God. And you're doing all of that without a salary? Well, we have savings, um, and um, yeah, yeah, exciting times. Anyway, on that note, on that lovely bombshell, hopefully next week, JB will give you the update on his kitchen, um, and presuming that his shed hasn't blown away in these awful windy storms we have in the UK this week, and I will report back on my car acquisition strategy. I think you should just go crazy and get a convertible. Go and, go and, go and piss everyone else. Go get an MG. Oh, I've sworn, haven't I? Get an MG midget or something. And... So um, that you can get a 10 to 12-year-old Z4, BMW Z4 Cabriolet. Yeah, yeah I love those. Eight or nine grand at the minute. And they're get... you know, with literally low mileage. So Get away. They're, they're beautiful. I love their I love their rear ends. Yeah. <laughs> and on no, that... it's a really nice rear end. I like, I like looking at cars with proper rear ends. I would agree there's with you. There's a real problem with cars these days. They don't make rear ends like they used to. 
No, actually, right. I'm looking down the street now, and there is some interesting rear ends in my neighbours. Um, they, they just ended up with all the all the all the ends look the same. Yeah. I, I like a unit that that one the, the BMW Z what's her name has got a nice bottom. Two seats though with four children. Oh, but, don't worry about that. That's no, just exactly. Anyway, one of those uh, I, I, small I, I, matters to overcome. I, I've been Anthony Price. Um, and we've been talking uh, uh, the, the most preposterous uh, padding over the last hour. And uh, all the way through, I've been um, swivelling around on an invasive nodule. I'm Jonathan Bradley. It's been a blast. Goodbye. Thanks, Abigail. Bye-bye. <laughs>